0: Alright, well good morning, grace and peace, time to break it up, so (laughs) got to get to the sermon here, break it up, you people, so friendly with one another. So good morning and grace and peace uh, to you on the second Sunday of the Advent season. Isn't Advent just the best time of the season, right? I don't know, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, Uh, our Advent season, the season of preparing, of waiting, of longing. We have a title for this season, this year, and that title is, What Are You Waiting For? What are you waiting for? And last week, we reflected on Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2, and we had an invitation to walk in the light of the Lord, to follow this Prince of Peace, to work for peace, and extend the invitation to work for peace to others in the world. So, I want to know, how did it go this week? So, we had that invitation to work towards peace in the world. And so, well, that was last week's message, but I mean, I'm just curious what, were we able to engage with that idea to, to work for peace? And then also to invite others into that same work. We constantly have invitations from the Lord. Today, the gospel text from Matthew. Uh, is inviting us to do something as well as we wait in this Advent season. I mean, do we sit around idle? Or do we have an invitation here from this Matthew text from John the Baptist? Do we we have an invitation, an invitation that our dear sister, Nicole Workley, is responding to today? All right, and we'll celebrate that in a few moments. So, um, now... As I was looking at and studying and uh, just really uh, meditating on this, uh, this passage for today, uh, I quickly came to the question, I was like, um, wait a minute, isn't this Advent season? Because <laughs> when you read the scripture, right, we have the following, we have like, we have wilderness, desert of Judea, repentance, confession of their sins, you brood of vipers, there's some name calling going on in this. In this passage, flee from the coming what wrath, right? Flee from the wrath. Uh, The axe is at the root of the trees. Every tree that does not bear fruit, uh, produce good fruit, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And then a little bit later, burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire, right? Kind of reminds me of the song that we'll play in just a second. Maybe it's coming. okay, maybe it's not. It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Isn't it? But we're talking about brood of vipers and the coming wrath and axes and unquenchable fire, and it's the most wonderful time of the year. Isn't it? I love this. I love this season. Okay, so we can kill that now. Right? It just doesn't seem to match up. Can I get an amen? All right. All right. It does not match up. Uh, <laughs> where is sweet baby Jesus? All right. Is it, is it lying or laying in a manger? How do you say it? Is it laying or lying? Jesus isn't a liar. So laying in a manger, where is the bright shining, shining, shining star to guide us? Aren't there, isn't there supposed to be humble and gentle shepherds tending to their flocks, all quiet, Where are the wise men bringing their gifts, right? That's the season, right? This is the Christmas season. It seems to be a little bit disconnected from Advent. It looks like it appears so. This passage from Matthew 3 seems to be a bit misplaced, and I would even say a bit over the top, okay? Um, A bit much, honestly. Like, John, easy. Maybe some decaf would work, okay? Don't, all right? John is preaching in the wilderness, and he holds nothing back. He holds nothing back in this text right? Nothing back. Um, It's a strong, unfiltered, um, a a kind of in-your-face sort of message or sermon. John shows up and he tells people how it is. He just, this is how it is. He even calls some of them names, right? He told the truth even if that truth was going to be painful for those coming to hear the message. It sounds like an Enneagram 8 if I've ever seen one, right? (laughs) All right. This challenger, this really getting in your face kind of thing. Yet the message is repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then what does the text tell us? People actually come, they come to him in in the wilderness, in the desert. They come, and they repent, and they confess of their sins, and they receive baptism. They receive baptism. And we find later in the story that Jesus himself is also baptized at this time. So people show up to this very strong message from this wild, clothed in camel hair, eating locust and honey, probably hasn't showered or shaved in like months. Right, And people show up. People show up to this strong message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. People show up to the message. They show up. They witness the kingdom of heaven. Believe me, I don't know about you, but I would love, love, love all right, just to skip this gospel passage in this season of Advent, I would love to skip it. Let's just like you know, let's just go do some shopping. Who's in? All right. Have we baked co- uh, Christmas cookies yet? Maybe we can just go bake cook- cookies downstairs right now. Let's go. Maybe we could watch Miracle on 34th Street for the 34th time. I don't, you know, uh, uh, decorate the house. We could do that let's just let's just get let's go do that. Let's just skip what we have today. All right? Can we just move on from this crazy wild of a beast, wild beast of a man named John? Can we? Can we just skip it? Let's just get to Advent three. Let's light that third candle right now. let's just let's just like let's skip over this. All right? Because you know, this message really isn't for me anyway. He does say. Well, I mean, he says to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the religious leaders of the day, he addresses them. Right. Well, this this message is for others to engage. Uh, I'm a little busy right now. I mean, does anyone else um, experience at least a hint of discomfort with this gospel, good news reading this morning? It seems like it would be a wonderful Lenten text. You know, when we were getting prepared for Jesus' death on the cross, it seems like it would be a good Lenten. Repent. Repent. Uh, Perhaps some of the discomfort that I feel, and if you're feeling some of the discomfort this morning, is because, honestly, we all know at some level what John is inviting, what John is challenging us with, what John is preaching in the desert is absolutely needed. And we kind of know it. Kind of know it. It was needed then. I would argue it's needed today. I mean, just a sample of uh, some Nashville police capture a third escaped teen inmate, uh, leaving one at large still. Okay, so George Zimmerman sues Trayvon Martin's parents for $100 million. These are headlines from this week. Just a sampling, all right? The attack in, uh, at the naval base in Pensacola. Four dead after armed robbers hijacked a UPS truck. Vegas shooting victims split $800 million. How much is their pain worth? So these are just some headlines. I just Googled headlines from the week. and some This is what we see. Can you hear John calling in the wilderness? Repent. Return. The Greek word here is metanoia. Come back. Repent. Because when you look at this, I doubt this is the will of God. This ain't it. This is not the will of God. Um. And that's out there, sort of the headlines. That's out there, and we know, and we know what uh, what John brings to us this morning is also true in here as well. It's true out there, but if we're all honest, I think it's true in here as well. Do our own lives reflect the will of God? There are sinful and broken places out there yet there are sinful and broken places within as well. Anger, violence, greed, poverty, racism, sexism, homelessness, war, fear, guilt, shame, pride, lust, gluttony, envy, just to name a few. Just to name a few. So this morning, God through John the Baptist is addressing something. What is, he, what is that something? Well, he's addressing evil in its various forms, as I just mentioned here on the screen. However, I think there's something even far more evil, far more even insidious, is is that um, what sort of caps all of this is maybe a sin of indifference. Indifference. I think this is where The devil has his his way. For countless reasons, um, we as Christ followers can all too often become indifferent to what is happening in the world. We can become indifferent to another human being. We can become indifferent to anything that doesn't affect us directly here and now. We can be indifferent to how people treat one another, how we see people treat the least of these. We can become indifferent to how people treat creation. And the truth is, if we're not awake, if we're not awake and aware of this indifference, we can slowly even become indifferent to ourselves we can become indifferent to ourselves to the extent that we have forgotten the original beauty with which God created us. So John the Baptist comes, to a point, uh, comes at a point in human history where God deeply desires his people to turn around, to repent, to leave what is and experience the kingdom of heaven. And the truth is, is that their invitation is our invitation today. Their invitation is our invitation. So say it with me. Their invitation is our invitation. Okay. John's cry of metanoia, this return, okay, is an invitation to turn away from indifference. Turn away from indifference. And towards engagement with the coming kingdom. To engage uh, the way the kingdom reorders priorities and relationships. I think when it comes, when you boil it all down, I think John's cry to repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, his cry to repent is a call to notice. It's a call to examine our hearts and our minds in this season of waiting. So as we examine, what do we find there? Have I slipped into indifference? Have I slipped into indifference to the world? Have I slipped into indifference toward my neighbor? Have I slipped into indifference towards myself? Back to our text. What do you get when you take divine wrath, an axe, and fire? What do you get? L equals the good news. Wait, wait, this is good news? Wait, apparently this is good. Well, yes. Maybe it is good news. Here's why. Because God is not indifferent to the world. God is not indifferent to your neighbor. And God is not indifferent to you. God loves his kids. God loves creation enough to get angry. This is an excuse I use when I get angry at my kids. (laughs) Right? I'm angry because I care. Anyone? Could it be? So the good news this morning, uh, in this season of waiting, is that God is not indifferent. That's the good news. God is not indifferent. Could it be that God's anger is the proof that God is not indifferent? Friends, God is attentive. God is paying attention. God is present to this world. God is present to our lives as well. God's presence made evident in his anger, I don't believe it's about punishment necessarily, but I think it's an encouragement and it's an invitation. It's an invitation to repent, to turn around, to metanoia, to come back. God doesn't want you to experience the agony of being an object of indifference. So anger is not the end. It may be a means to that end. And the end being love and right relationship and wholeness. Divine anger recognizes and celebrates the existence, the sacredness, and the value of every human life. Because, y'all, from this morning's text, God is not interested in letting us settle into indifference. He's not interested in that. Because God doesn't settle for indifference. He doesn't settle into indifference. For God is at work to this very day, as Jesus says in Scripture. So God, on this second Sunday of Advent, is saying through John the Baptist, I'm serious. Don't accept being less than what you are called to be. don't accept. So wrath, fire, and axes are not about destru- destruction and punishment per se, but maybe more about life, love, and relationship. The unquenchable fire that God speaks of here, the unquenchable fire of God's love burns away indifference. The healing acts of God, acts, A-X, acts of God, cuts away indifference. The wrath of God reminds us that God cares and that we matter to him. This invitation to repentance um, is not a belief that we must be holy, make good decisions, stay on the straight and narrow in order that the kingdom of heaven comes. It's not like we do this and then the kingdom comes. No. In fact, I think the opposite is true. John The Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near, has come near, past tense. Did you hear that? So kingdom of heaven has already come near. Repentance is not what makes the kingdom arrive. It's how we show up to the kingdom that is already here. It's how we show up to the kingdom. Repentance is a response to, not a precondition of, the, com- the coming kingdom. It's a response, not a condition. We can call it grace. So we change the direction and the purpose of our lives to take our share in the kingdom of heaven and the life in Christ. The great fun of this passage is that everything is happening sort of all at once. There's, uh, and then over and over again, there's, uh, you know, first John commands the people to repent and tells them to do it repeatedly as you look at the repent, repent, repent. Then, then people are continually being baptized while at the same time continually confessing their sins. So it's sort of like all happening all at the same time. Okay, If you were directing the play, you're like, no. This has to have a sequential thing. And it's, it appears from the text that it's all repentance, confession of sin, and baptism is all one. It's all happening at the same time. And it's an ongoing kind of thing. Um, so does this is mean that we always, like every day we shouldn't just baptize, uh, be re-baptized every day? Well, maybe your shower is your rebaptizing every day. Maybe that could be, Stand in for that. So this baptism of water. I think um, the baptism of fire does happen again and again. Um, And uh, so at least for John, baptism is connected with repentance. That's what we can come to. So God calls us to repent, to pay attention, and embrace the Lord's vision for a new creation. And to embrace the Lord's vision for our lives as well. And this is what Nicole is doing here this morning in her baptism. Joining with the saints of Metamor Mennonite Church as we journey together in this work of peace. So we are excited for, um, for Nicole and uh, her being baptized uh, here this morning. And we have a number of people who are going to um, participate in this, this liturgy of baptism. So, um... But the invitation, their invitation is our invitation, even though it doesn't seem to fit in this Advent season. Don't skip over this text. We have an invitation to consider in what ways we have settled and where we have indifference in our lives. So um, so that's, that's what, we to, what we're to um, wrestle with. And as we move forward, we'll uh, start with our baptism. And so, uh, Kristen, if you can come forward and. uh